Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Writing Tips. My name is Brian Taylor. I'm going to be your guide on this whole adventure of podcast listening stuff. Today we're going to be talking about crafting your first chapter. Crafting your first chapter can ultimately be the the winning or losing factor as to whether someone decides to continue reading. Um, think of your first chapter like uh, the fish hook at the end of a fishing line on a fishing pole. That hook is used to snag your reader, grab their attention, and reel them in to make sure that they continue reading or listening to your story the further you go. Um, you don't want to lose someone in this first chapter because if you lose them in the first chapter, chances are they're not going to read the second one. Um, so there's a number of different ways to go about this. I'm just going to talk about the ones that I am comfortable and familiar with. Uh, I guarantee you there's a million different writers who have, over a period of time, crafted the best way to write a first chapter. Um, that first chapter really needs to be a great introduction into the crazy world that is your story. Now, a lot of people will put a prologue before the first chapter. And that's okay. You can do a prologue. Your prologue can actually serve as the hook at the end of the fishing pole. But it's really important that you don't make your prologue too long. There's no sense in in having a prologue that's a chapter long. If it's a prologue, it's just meant to give somebody a brief glimpse into the the world or the situation or the environment before they jump into the main story. So remember, if you're going to write a prologue, um, you can use that prologue as your hook. If you choose not to use that prologue as your hook, then don't put too much into it. Make it a few pages at best. Now, that having been said, the number one best way that I have ever found to actually write the first chapter to where it hooks them in is to give the reader a glimpse of the chaos that happens in the future. Let me give you an example. So one of the side stories for my series, 12 Black and Petals, is called The Tale of Jack and Jill. Simple title, really cool story. Uh, so let me let me let me show you how I hooked you or how I hook readers in the very beginning. Jill had given everything she had left. There was no more gas in the tank. If she funneled even one more drop of her life into Jack, she would be dead. It was necessary though. This was the craziest situation they had been in to date. The entire cathedral was surrounded, and there was no way out. The duo backed themselves into this corner because they were trying to be better than their addictions. An honest attempt to quell the hunger that gnawed at both of them sent them on this path. It had proved to be nothing more than disastrous. Jack and Jill had made their decision to stop running. This would be the final stop on the journey that had carried them from the heart of New Orleans to the eastern seaboard. It would be the last time they would battle with Providence. They always knew their tale would end in tragedy from the very beginning. This was supposed to happen like this. They were destined to die here. But the soldiers that surrounded the cathedral had no idea how fucked they really were. Jack was in burn mode, and shit just got real. So when I built this hook page, um, I really tried to think forward into the craziest moment of the story. I'm not showing you the action that's going to happen. I'm not telling you the outcome that's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not giving away the story. What I am doing is I'm setting a precedent. Okay. So in the first paragraph, the precedent that I'm setting is that Jill had given everything she had left in the tank, in the tank. If she gave any more, that was going to be it. There's that, that, you know, that skin of the teeth, 
uh, ass hair away from failure, ass hair away from dying situation. It's a dire situation. I painted it really simply just by showing the connection that these two people had. Even if you don't know who Jack and Jill are, that paragraph tells you that they're connected at the hip through some way. The second paragraph I used to craft the dire situation. So think of it like the first act was the first paragraph. The second act was the dire situation. The entire cathedral was surrounded and there was no way out. The duo had backed themselves into a corner because they were trying to be better than their addictions. So it says we're in this crazy weird environment. We're in a cathedral, which sets the sense of like dark, ominous feeling Uh, It tells you that it was surrounded. We don't know who it's surrounded by, but apparently it's surrounded. And generally when you surround something, that means you're corralling it in. You're trying to kill it, capture it, or do something like that. Um, And the duo backed themselves into this corner because they were trying to be better than their addictions. That line right there tells you that this hairy situation is here because they put themselves in this. So that gives you the foreshadowing of a journey fraught with mistakes. Um, and, and it also lets you know that they're here because they were trying to do something better. So in just those first few paragraphs, I've kind of laid out the sense of what this story is going to be like. And then in the end, I just really kind of, kind of give you a few more details to kind of paint the picture just a little bit better, but I really end it on a, on a, on a, you know, a home run. And it's this, these two sentences right here, they were destined to die here. But the soldiers that surrounded the cathedral had no idea how fucked they really were. Jack was in burn mode and shit just got real. Okay, so what the fuck is burn mode and why are the soldiers trying to kill him? So now you really need to know what's going on in this story. And it is a, a, a surefire way to make sure that the person who picks this book up and reads that first page is going to turn to the next one. Because in one page, you or I have made sure that you understand that there's some crazy shit that's about to happen and people are about to get jacked up and you really want to know more. Okay. So once again, this is just one of my favorite ways. This is not definitively the way you should always start a story. Um, it is a definite win when you do start a story, uh, as far as fiction goes, but you don't have to do it like that. I started another story telling you about the main character. The first paragraph uh, in this is is talking about how someone wakes up, right? It's capturing you with a play of words. Um, using a play of words in the first few paragraphs is not a show of linguistic ability. It's not you showing off how many big fucking words you know. Remember, the writer, the reader doesn't give a shit how many big fucking words you know right? They just want to see if you can craft a tale worth reading. In the first paragraph of 12 Blackened Petals, here's what it sounds like. A slow stream of consciousness began to waft through Sam's brain like the smell of bacon that fills the air right before someone eats it all. The ever-so-vivid dreams that can never be remembered rapidly began to erase themselves as his eyebrows raised just enough to barely crack open his eyelids. It was the start of what promised to be yet another dull as hell day in the life of Sam Rittenhouse. So that first paragraph was kind of me showing that there's more, there's body to this writing. There's, um, there's, there's familiar things in here 
there is uh, an eloquent entrance into the room, right? So this is like Cinderella showing up at the ball in her badass dress and everybody pays attention. This is the entrance into the room. So that first paragraph, you can take some time and craft that first paragraph, but don't spend your entire life trying to come up with magical words that are going to make someone want to read the second paragraph. Um, That sort of shit is like showing off and it shows. So if you've ever picked up a book where someone tried to show you how many big fucking words they know, um, it shows in that first paragraph. And most times people will put that book down. Uh, It seemed to be like the turn of the century was about writing was about showing how many big words you knew or making sure that people understood exactly how intelligent you were. But let's be honest, writing books is about telling a story. And while you need a great entrance into the room, a good opening paragraph, try not to show off too much. Uh, Show off in your ability to tell a story, not your linguistic capabilities. Um, Let me make sure that I make that crystal clear. Some of the best movies out there are popcorn eating movies with shitty, you know, like special effects and plots. Um, But the story is good and it compels it to go forward. It makes you want to keep watching. So just remember that when you're writing that first paragraph, you can craft it to be eloquent. You can craft it to be beautiful, but you don't have to use a hundred million big words. Um, So writing the rest of the chapter, once you get that first paragraph handled is really just setting the stage. Um, You want to make sure that you're giving your reader enough information to where they can begin to visualize the character, making sure that the reader is able to visualize the character is key because if they don't have a visual image, a mental projection of what this character looks like and who this character is, it's going to make it difficult to go into chapter two. In that first paragraph, you can set forth the rhythms and actions, or excuse me, in that first chapter, you can set forth the rhythms, actions, and persona of a character that will stick with the reader for the rest of the book. For example, um, if you've ever watched that movie, Stranger Than Fiction, the first five minutes of that movie tells you everything you need to know about that character to propel the story forward. It tells you how much of an anal retentive guy he is, how OCD he is about things, how he's, you know, he brushes his teeth approximately 52 times up and 52 times down, both top and bottom. It tells you that he has one bowl, one spoon, one fork, and uh, washes them every night and goes to bed exactly at this time. That tells you exactly who that character is. So that first chapter, that first introduction into this book really needs to make sure that you quickly and vividly understand who this person is. Uh, the vis- the physical description of the character is, I want to say important, but I also want to say unimportant. The physical description of the character um, doesn't have to be the foremost thing you go after. Remember, you're trying to describe a personality trait. You're trying to describe who this person is, not what this person looks like. Uh, it's the hallmark of a, of a, of a true writer that they can, they can tell you what the character looks like and who the character is without being specific about either one. They're not specifically telling you what they look like. They're not specifically telling you who they are. They're just kind of giving you this hodgepodge and, and understanding that what they're telling you is enough for you to build the character. So let me recap on that. You want to make sure in that first in that first paragraph, you are setting the stage for who your character is and how they behave. It is more important to tell your reader 
who your character is and how they behave rather than how they look. Now, there are always asterisks and caveats to that situation, but this is a generalized discussion about that topic. So another thing you can do to make your your reader or your listener or your viewer identify with that character is to give them humanistic traits. So for example, um, I think most people in the world have experienced being really, really poor, like college poor, right? You know, like ramen noodles kind of everyday poor. And so um, just as an example, I saddled my character, Sam, with that characteristic. It instantly made him relatable because almost everybody I tell a story about, I say, the story's about a guy named Sam and Sam is dirt poor. We're talking leftover ramen noodles in the fridge kind of poor. Well, that that one example sets a precedent for how people view that character. So making sure that you saddle your characters with a relatable characteristic, um, you know, whether it's something as complex as, um, you know, Tiffany was driving to work today and she experienced a massive case of road rage. Well, instantly we identify, right? We've either seen someone that's experienced road rage or we experienced it to ourselves or, um, you know, uh, uh, Walter walked into Starbucks and he ordered his general, uh, 32 ounce grande latte with four shots of milk. And, at, and upon receiving the cup, he instantly realized that it only had three. Okay. So that tells you something about that character that tells you that your character notices small infinitesimal details, uh, or he likes things a specific way, uh, and how he handles that. Um, so for example, after he received the drink with only three shots of milk, he said, yeah, what the fuck ever? I like coffee. It's more about the coffee than the milk. Well, that tells you he's a laid back guy. But if he gives the drink back and immediately demands the fourth shot of milk be put in there and he gets his money back, then that shows you that he's an asshole, right? So saddling your character with relatable experiences is super, super important. And then another thing you need to set out in the first chapter is the environment that your character exists in. Um, let me give you another example. He could pretty much map out the day before it began. He would take the first 20 minutes to wrangle himself out of bed, which was not a bed. It was a couch. Sam could neither afford a bed, nor did he have a place for a bed in his ultra tiny apartment. The one room studio apartment was the ultimate in downtown living, super cramped and small, very expensive, and located in an overpriced part of town full of a bunch of well-to-do, cooler-than-you, bike-riding, beer-growing douchebags, or hipsters, as they refuse to refer to themselves. That second paragraph really sets the environment, right? So it tells you that Sam's poor as shit, living in a place he can't afford, and he's living in a very upscale part of town. Um, that's really important because that helps your reader instantly grasp where they are. Okay. It could be in a forest. Your character could be in the darkest, deepest forest in the woods, but you need to put some sort of relatable trait to that environment. People need to understand you can describe and you can tell people until the cows come home, but don't tell me, show me, show me, show me something that is going to be relatable and make it so that I am immediately in a place of understanding about your environment. So to recap on this entire thing, your first chapter is so important. It is the hook for the rest of your story. If you put a prologue in, make sure it's short, sweet, and to the point. 
if you put in a a page that is a, a glimpse into the future, make sure that you're glimpsing a dire situation, okay? A dire straits, a, a, a situation that that the reader definitely wants to know more about and they want to know how these people got in there. Make sure in your first chapter you are describing your character, who they are, how they interact with the world. How they look isn't as important. It is important, but it's not as important as who they are and how they interact with the world. Also, tell us about the environment. The environment is oh so important. And when you write that environment, make sure that you saddle that environment with something that people are going to be able to relate to. Uh, You're not going to hit 100%. I'm sorry, you're just not going to hit 100% of the people. 100% of the people are not going to find this one thing relatable, right? So do your best with it. Make sure it's something that some of the readers are going to be relatable to, and you should be good. Anyway, I've been rambling on for way too long. Let's go ahead and end this podcast. I want to go ahead and say, um, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anything else, make sure that you rate and leave a comment. Uh, It really helps get us in front of other people. If you know someone that might enjoy the advice that I'm giving in this podcast, please tell them about it. Please turn them on to it. Uh, Word of mouth is the best advertising possible. Also, uh, you can check out 12 Blackened Petals. It is a story that I'm writing. Uh, We're releasing it every week in a podcast format. It has theatrical soundtrack and sound effects that go along with the story. I really think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. I look forward to seeing you guys next time and talking to you guys next time. So peace.